This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On today. Do you feel the change in the air? Do you feel it yet? I have to tell you, this past week, past couple of weeks, I have been dragging. I've been a little down in the dumps. And I think it has so much to do with the one-year anniversary of COVID. But gratefully and wonderfully, we've got fantastic guests to the rescue this morning to give us some tools. One of them is Anne Lamott. Yes, you love Anne Lamott. She has a new book called Dusk, Night, Dawn. And she wrote this book because she saw such hopelessness. And in it, she reminds us to make ourselves a priority. That and more with Anne coming up. But first, we're going to start with Megan B. Murphy. Megan wrote a book called Your Fully Charged Life, a radically simple approach to having endless energy and filling every day with yay. So when it comes to your health and your work and your family time, this book talks about small changes that give big results. All right, Megan, we need what you got. I feel like we're all in the same boat, right? We're coming on that one-year anniversary of the pandemic and the the angst is setting in hard, right? I couldn't agree with you more. When I saw your book, Fully Charged Life, I'm like, oh God, please give me that intravenously because I don't even remember what it feels like to be fully charged. How can you help us? I mean, and I've been working on this book for years. I've been a magazine editor for 20 years and road testing these tips and and tricks and strategies on myself as a guinea pig. So I know they work. I didn't write it for the pandemic, but I think it's probably never been more appropriate. I myself just battled COVID along with my three kids, my husband and my 70-year-old mother, and I pulled every trick out of this book to get me through it. And I I think the key is, is that it's a happiness toolkit. And there are little tiny things that we can do every day that are going to have a major impact. You don't have to overhaul your life. It's not a life makeover, but tomorrow could be more awesome. And there are simple ways to get there. And And I think one of the simple tricks that really seems to resonate with people is changing your have to to get to's. Yeah, so you take your have to, I have to do this, and change it to I get to do this. Or maybe something as simple as like, I have to exercise. Well, then it's a chore. Mm -hmm. Who wants to do that? And like, we know we should, but I have to, but I don't really want to. But what if you just reframed that and you said, I get to exercise. Hmm. I get to be healthy enough. I, I get to be able to exercise. Sometimes something as simple as making a mind shift like that can energize you. I've, I've tried it with a lot of my friends who are like, oh, I have to put the kids to bed. I have to do the nighttime routine. But if you change that to I get to do this, I get to tuck in these three little human beings in training. I get to kiss them goodnight. That, that little moment of pausing to appreciate and be grateful with, for what you get to do can be absolutely scientifically proven to boost your mood and be energizing. It struck me when you when you used exercise as an example. You know, if we all live to be uh, 100, as we hope to, the day may come when our parts don't move as well and we won't be 
able to exercise as we are today. So really, taking advantage of what you can do is amazing. And two, why do we do that? Why do we take the beautiful, delicious things in our lives and turn them into you know, chores and the, the I have tos? Is it just because we're too busy? I think a big part of the issue is that we are all wired for negativity. Our negativity bias is very strong. We're primarily programmed to dwell on the negative, to focus on the negative. And unfortunately, well, that diminishes all the good in our lives and almost negates all the good in our lives. And when you can prioritize positivity and simply actively choose to look at the good, actively choose to seek out the good and make that good front and center and louder, well, then it softens the edges of the negative. But you really do have to to make a choice. What I like to say is you can't be happy unless you do happy. And happiness is a state of doing, not a state of being. And so what this fully charged life really does is give you a toolkit of things that could help you do happy. And maybe that means you make your bed, because guess what? Research proves when you make your bed, you get this small sense of accomplishment that carries with you throughout the day. What if you dress up to feel up? I call it dopamine dressing. When I wear pants that button, I feel better about myself than when I wear baggy sweats. When I blow dry my hair and put on a swipe of mascara, I feel happier and more energized than if I'm, you know, on day three of no shower, right? So it's these small little things. There is proven mood magic in simple, simple strategies that we could all be doing that are very low lift but have a big impact. Megan Murphy, the book, Your Fully Charged Life. I'm so excited that you say it's not my fault that I'm negative. No, I mean, hey, that's the thing. And here's the thing. Like, I fart rainbows now, but my nickname was Grumpy (laughs) as a kid, right? Like, I reprogrammed. I absolutely programmed. I now automatically see the silver lining in all situations. But that's because I changed the neuroplasticity of my brain, which is just a fancy way of saying I I rewired to look at the bright side. Um, But that was a practice. And it's a practice anybody can can adopt and do, um, and it's fun to live this way. It's easier to live this way, frankly, but it's not your fault if you're negative. Yeah. But realizing you can, you can change, and it's easier than you think. How long does it take? So my journey was long because I was I was doing the research, road testing the tips and tricks. You can start to feel happier instantly by making one simple action step to get unstuck because I think the really the the hard part right now is a lot of us just feel stuck I mean try something as simple as prioritizing fun how do you do that give yourself a reason to celebrate today what is it is it national donut day okay go to Dunkin Donuts and eat a donut give yourself a reason to celebrate is it national love your pets day like go for a walk with your dog like I love those national days because they're built-in reasons to celebrate, to prioritize fun, and to have moments of joy punctuate otherwise tough days. That isn't frivolous. That's necessary now more than ever. We all felt up when we saw the vaccine was rolling out and that there was the light at the end of the tunnel. But now, as we do the day-to-day, to get to the end of the tunnel, it just feels really hard. Well, also, we're coming on upon the one-year anniversary, and whether that's 
you know, whether we're aware of that or not, anniversaries of tough things bring back those feelings of reflection. Now we're, we're really getting extra hopeless because we're looking back on everything we've lost. And for so many of us, that was jobs, that was family members, that was our livelihood, our sense of safety. So this is a real moment of collective grief. That angst that we're all feeling is grief. And, and we have to get better at grieving and processing those tough emotions. And, you know, one of the things that, that I really do when I was diagnosed with COVID, for instance, I gave myself an absolute minute to sit with it and let it suck and realize how bad it was and to feel scared and angry and all the feels. But then I reframed what's lame. That's what I talk about in the book, which is a practice of cognitive reappraisal. But it's simply saying, okay, instead of saying, why me? Woe is me. What if I looked at this as why not me? Why, why not me? Okay, well, now I can give purpose to my struggle. And if I start to give purpose to my struggle, maybe my mission here is to help other people not feel like they're wearing the letter Scarlet C and to destigmatize it a bit. Maybe my purpose here is to give people a toolkit for recovery because I have access as the editor-in-chief of Woman's Day and a podcast host and an author to some great doctors. Okay, I've now assigned my struggle purpose, and that propels me forward. And the thing is, once you put your body in motion and do one thing differently, one thing positively, it's a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. And then it causes you to do more and more good and feel better and better and better. And P.S., that wears off on the people around you. And suddenly you've got a sunshine committee cheering you on. Yeah. And you know what I'm thinking, too? Megan Murphy, author of Your Fully Charged Life, those of us who make it through to the other side, those of us who are still here, alive, I think we owe it to everything that happened this past year to be our best, to be more positive, to bring our A-game and to raise the bar a little higher, don't you? Oh, I love that. I love that. That's the community and and all of that is a big piece of the love charge chapter of your fully charged life. I think that's really important to lift each other up um, as we lift ourselves up and, and to really kind of unite together and, and make positive energy the only thing that's contagious go forward. Beautiful. Where do we find out more about you, please? So I'm um, pretty active on Instagram at Megan B. Murphy, M-E-A-G-H-A-N-B Murphy, M-U-R-P-H-Y, like a leprechaun. Um, I also do something called The Yay List, which is an Instagram, which is just a place of positivity and a community to share good news. Um, Because I think when you make that good news loud, it's hard to ignore. Um, and so those are the best ways to find me. And Your Fully Charged Life is available wherever books are sold. I always encourage people to shop small, shop local. A real person does a happy dance when you walk into that bookstore. And a, and a little secret, authors, authors love, love, love. And thank you, thank you, thank you for reviews and ratings if you do buy it online. You're the best. Thank you for the sunshine you brought today. Oh, yay. Thank you for having me. That's Megan B. Murphy, and her book is Fully Charged Life, and I just followed her on Instagram. So what's your one thing? What's the one thing you're going to do, one little change you're going to make in your life that you know is going to make you feel better, be healthier, stronger, clearer, more peaceful? I'm promising to you right now, oh, it's so scary to do that because then I have to do it, but I'm promising to you I'm going to mm, sign up for yoga classes online. There, I said it. And once you say it, you know, I can't break a promise to you. So that's going to be my one little shift. 
Thank you, Megan B. Murphy. So let me tell you, I spoke to Megan before I found out that on March 1st, food pantry workers became eligible for a vaccine. I think one of the things that's been weighing on me and maybe on you too, if you haven't been in the categories yet approved to receive a vaccine, is that you're thinking, when am I going to get a vaccine? When am I going to be able to see my mother or travel or all of those things, right? And I think that's what was really pressing down on me. And I got an email Monday night from Feeding Westchester that said food pantry workers are now eligible. You are now eligible. And there's a clinic tomorrow. This was uh, Monday night, so the clinic was Tuesday. There's a clinic for you tomorrow. Here's the link. Sign up. So it was so late in the day. It was. I'm never busy on a Monday. This Monday I was busy, didn't get to my emails till late. So now I'm typing furiously to try to get one of the nine remaining 315 appointments. And I got in, and it just happened all so fast. Tuesday is a busy day after work. I have my coaching session with my coach. And then, you know, I had to put on my boots and head down to the Westchester Community College. And I didn't realize I was nervous until I got halfway there and I called my husband frantic and I said, where is Westchester Community College? I had amnesia. I couldn't even place it on the map. And I just spoke there not too long ago. And he's like, honey, you remember. So he talked me through how to get to the college. So I arrived at the gate and I saw this huge sign that said vaccines. And I guess I got like panicked. And the man said words, words, words. And I looked at him and I said, you have to repeat that because I didn't hear a word you said. I am so nervous. And he said, he got down like on his knees and got eye level to me in the car. And he said, go to that big sign that says vaccines and make a left. So I did. I had to stand online outside for a little while, then stand online inside for a little while. But it really moved well and smoothly and quickly. And before you know it, I was in booth number three getting a vaccine. The woman was so lovely. Her name was Deborah, and she chattered away with me because she had to see the look in my eyes. And she just chatted, oh, you're from here, and you do this and this and that. And then she says, okay, go sit over there. And I'm like, I'm done? She just had such a light touch. It was lovely. Then you have to sit for a few minutes to make sure you're all good. And uh, made my appointment to go back for my second vaccine. When I left, I felt a sense of hope that I have not felt in so long. Like a lightness of being that I have not felt in so, so long. So um, that's all. I just wanted to share that with you. And I hope that if a vaccine is something you want, that you get it really soon. I hope you some I hope by some little miracle you get surprised like me and find out that you're eligible to do so. So so very grateful. All right. But before I even knew I was going to have an appointment this past Monday, I sat down with Anne Lamott. This is her third time on Shine On the Health and Happiness show. And the thing with Anne Lamott, it's she always makes you feel like you're her trusted friend and you just spoke moments ago. She just meets you right there where you are with love. And she's in California now, but she spent some time here in the Hudson Valley. Yeah, so I do know the Hudson Valley. Yeah. And now, congratulations on the nuptials. Thank you. I know we're coming up on our two-year anniversary, and I'm coming up on my 67th birthday three days before that. So, yeah, some miracles do happen. Yeah, well... I'm, I'm Exhibit A, yeah. Exhibit A. Okay, Is it, what, do you, what do you want to say to people who are still looking for the love of their life? 
Well, uh, I realized I wasn't. I I I wasn't really looking very hard. I wrote a piece, I think, in the last book, or or maybe the book on mercy. On uh, no, I can't even remember. But on how I found how I found him on Match. But how I spent a year on Match, learning how to date and learning what I really wasn't going to settle for, and learning what I really love about life. And um, and then I actually had an experience where I was so mad at both my son who lives on this property and my older brother who was visiting that I exploded not in front of them in the car and I cried and yelled and I felt completely bitter and I um, about how they took advantage of me and I called my spiritual mentor since I got sober which is 35 years ago and uh, and I said they just take advantage take advantage of me and da 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 and she said, you know, you're not your own priority. And until you're your own priority, you're not going to meet anyone. And I, it kind of radicalized me. I was by the side of the road, and I had not been cute crying. You know, I'd mm-hmm. been horrible, blown, blowfish, red-faced, big swollen nose crying, and I got it. You know, I grokked it, to use our 60s term. And I became my own priority. And a few months later, I met Neil, and then I was able to become his priority and he mine so that's how it worked for me yeah I know I'm not the only one with goosebumps right now that really landed with me when you're not your own priority how can anything else work out wow yeah I know it's so counterintuitive but um, that was how it worked for me I'll never forget that moment you know where I went uh, it was like being you know next to a Buddhist gong you know I went and uh, you know and I actually had to go back home I was five minutes from home I had left my older brother he didn't know what was going on I thought I really had to get him out of the house and I didn't feel that way anymore I went back and I thought you know my brother's a fundamentalist Christian and he had some nice bump sticker thoughts on um, before I'd left and that was just I think the final straw Mm. to be handed bumper stickers and uh, you know mental bumper stickers and I went back I was full of love for him because I'd gotten me back and the price is high of getting yourself back but worth anything at all wonderful wonderful the new book is called Dusk Night Dawn and Anne we're going to get there but first I have to tell you how you changed my life the last time we spoke Oh, good. Oh, you so owe me then, huh? <laughs> I so owe you. You gave me a four-word prayer, and I've repeated it a thousand times since. Do you remember it? No. Bless them, change me. Bless them, change me. Yeah, isn't that profound? Yeah, that did it for me. Uh, so thank you for that. It's helped me through many, many tough times. But you know, Anne, it starts to wear off. So we need to have another conversation and a new book. What brought okay. me, right? I, you know, I need to be reminded. What brought you to sit down and write Dusk, Night, Dawn? It was, it's funny because actually what brought me to it was being on book tour for the um, book before it, which was a book on hope. It was called um, Almost Everything, Thoughts on Hope, but it had originally been called Doomed. And, um, but the publisher had cold feet <laughs> and just thought that was not a, a huge marketing title. But anyway, so I was touring for it, and people weren't, people were, 
terrified. And, and audiences all around the country, they didn't feel hope. They felt defeated. They felt flattened. They felt sad. They were scared about what was going on in their own families as their kids got older, as they got older, as their parents did, did, fell apart. And they were scared to death about the country, and they were scared to death after the U.N. climate change reports. And so I was... Um, just so moved by that. And I was telling people, you know, all of this is really hard. It's hard to get sober and stay sober. It's hard to have a mentally sick child. It's hard to have a parent with Alzheimer's, but we're good at hard, you know, and we take it bird by bird. We take one tiny bit of it at a time, one day at a time, and we get a lot of help. And, um, and we're good at heart. My son has a tattoo on his arm that says we never give up. And I shared that because it, we felt like giving up. And, you know, after the terrible, terrible climate change reports came out, uh, and Australia caught fire. And then California caught fire. You know, and it's just, it's really too much. Like, people like to say, God never gives you more to hand, more to bear than you carry than you can handle. And I never have believed that for a second, to be honest. I mean, I'm a Sunday school teacher, and I don't teach my little kids that and I just teach them it's hard and here's what helps uh, friends help uh, walks help nature always helps you know so that's what helped what kind of was lit a fire under me to write this new book on on having been through and finding ourselves in the midst of extreme crisis with the climate and the country and sometimes at the dining room table where do we start what works what helps and how do we get our sense of humor back Hmm. How do we get our sense of humor back? Well, we, uh, you know, I have always said laughter is carbonated holiness, and I believe that, that it's worth seeking with everything you have. Trevor Noah just said last week, um, when you laugh with someone, you know you've really shared something. And and that's so beautiful to me. And so you make it a priority that, uh, and the way that I get my sense of humor back is I just tell the truth with a very few trusted friends. About, I mean, that's how I got sober in the 80s, was that I told a few trusted women what I had done, what I'm like when I'm drinking, what I didn't think I could make amends for or bounce back from. And then they told me their versions of those exact same stories and I laughed about them because they weren't me at my most heinous and out of control. I had eating disorders. My whole life I told women with eating disorders some of my thoughts on staying thin or getting thin or, or, or trying to control this terrible problem. And they told me their versions and their details. And I would laugh till tears streamed down my face. So for me, getting my sense of humor back, especially about my own you know, annoying and very disappointing self <laughs> is it really feels like God has reached down and touched me. And most of the time it either involves talking to a trusted person or reading a really wonderful book about someone who's, who knows what I have been through and who's telling me their version of that and making me laugh. And Lamont, I have to let you go. I could talk to you forever. Uh, on behalf of so many people, thank you for changing our lives. Oh, thank you so much for having me, and have a really good day. Say hi to your husband for me. I will, and you yours. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Oh, Anne Lamont, the new book is called Dusk Night Dawn. And you speak to her for a few minutes and you feel the warmth of the dawn. Now, did she remember that we talked about my husband's sobriety and one of the times she's been on the show before? Or did she confuse me with someone else? I don't care. I don't know. I don't care. I just enjoy her energy. 
It's light and beautiful. And such great advice, right? Friends help, talking helps, walks help, listening to Shine on the Health and Happiness podcast, subscribing to it, all these things help. Okay, I'm being silly, but you know, my point is I appreciate you, I appreciate our time together very much. Oh, and by the way, I never heard the word grok before, or grokked. Did you? I had to look it up. It means um, understanding something intuitively or by empathy. Maybe you grokked the meaning. Sounds like a California girl thing to me. All right, notes from Let It Shine, Inc. The Let It Shine Again Boutique is a thing. We are gathering love and giving it away now in the form of a second-hand store. And what else did I want to tell you? Let It Shine Lessons, English as a Second Language for Kids, started this week as well. Coming up, Let It Shine is going to have uh, meditation lessons online. Free. We're doing good things, I think. And if you feel compelled to support us, we'd love that at gatheringlove.org. Gatheringlove.org. Oh, and please join us for the free Zoom call Sundays at 11. Laura Day, the intuitive, like the world-renowned intuitive Laura Day, I hope, will show up for our Sunday at 11 Zoom call. It's free. Get the link at casey.co, K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. All right, sweet people, I know what you want. You want your thought for the day. And it's from another great writer, Barbara Kingsolver, who said, The very least you can do in your life is figure out what you hope for. And the most you can do is live inside that hope. Not admire it from a distance, but live right in it, under its roof. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.